This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of January 16th, 2023, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. If you live in central Indiana, you probably know the name Tom Wood. You might have purchased a new or used vehicle from one of the more than a dozen dealerships in the Tom Wood Automotive Group. You might know one of the 1,072 employees of Tom Wood Automotive Group, but you probably don't know Jeff Wood, who took over the company after Tom Wood, his father, died from lung cancer in 2010. Jeff Wood grew up here in central Indiana. He worked in the family business for a while, but found his calling in the United States Air Force. He served for 20 years as a combat pilot who flew F-16s. And as nerve-wracking as it might be to fly an armed aircraft at 1,400 miles an hour at an altitude of 40,000 feet, Jeff Wood wasn't entirely prepared for the white-knuckle ride of taking over a huge family business after receiving what you might call a deathbed request from his father. It's been more than a dozen years since Jeff Wood became president, and he has used that time to diversify Tom Wood Automotive Group, often following his own interests to see where they lead. You won't see Jeff Wood on any local TV ads trumpeting a huge selection and low prices, but you will hear him on this week's edition of the IBJ podcast, talking about his dad flying F-16s and the hair-raising transition to company leader in 2010. And it's been a tough year for the car sales industry, and Wood provides an insider's look and a sense of how the group is trying to ride out the turbulence. And he provides a 30,000-foot view of this sprawling conglomerate and how he's been able to keep aviation in his life, flying as often as once per week. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Jeff Wood, president of Tom Wood Automotive Group. Jeff, thank you for making time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want to start off by talking about your father, Tom Wood. From what I gather, I believe his career in the auto sales industry started when he was attending college at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. And he got a job as a car salesman for a Mercury Edsel dealership. That sounds right. Does that sound right? Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Does he talk, did he ever talk about that period and kind of the, the dawning revelation that maybe this was for him? Well, I was young. We moved to Indi- Indianapolis in 1967. Before that, my father owned his own wood motors used car lot in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And somehow he got the attention of uh, General Motors and they backed him through their motors holding program. So he basically bet the farm, moved the family and got a, bought out Hedges Pontiac on Washington Street. Here in Indianapolis. And did that become Tom Wood Pontiac? It did. And that was 1967. Correct. What did he love about this industry? I don't know. It was, it was in his uh, in his DNA, I think. He, he was, a as my mom says, he was a great used car guy. And that's what, you know, he made him good. He had a knack for it. And gradually added brands over time. Picked up Mazda and moved, built a new dealership and just, you know, kept adding and growing. And when, when your mom said he was a good used car guy, what does that mean? I think, I think it just means that he, uh, he was good at, I don't want to say wheeling and dealing, but, but he, he knew what a car was worth. He 
figured out what he could make on it or what what a trade's worth and just that she gathered that it, what made him great was that that used car the basics and the, the that was his foundation and so you were four or five when you guys moved here and so you grew up as he was growing the business yes what was that like it felt like my dad was famous you know he would be on tv and and i would be a little bit maybe shy and embarrassed about it but it was it was pretty awesome i remember you know going to the dealership when i was little kid and going through my dad's desk and then, you know, I get a little older and I'm sweeping the floor and picking up trash and, uh, you know, just kind of, I grew up in and around it. So it was, it was what my life was. Mm-hmm. Were you doing that like of your own volition? Like, Hey dad, how, what can I do to help? Or was he like, you know, you need to start carrying your own weight around here. <laughs> you need to see what this is like. Well, I, I kind of liked, uh, he, the car business is uh, very demanding of your time and I liked being around my dad. So it was a, a good reason to hang out with him and and you know make a few quarters here and there. What what kind of guy was he? He was a uh, a gentleman, not too loud. Uh, he was very, actually very very quiet to some degree. But he had he had this like I don't want to say wild side, but he you know he flew a P fifty one Mustang and he went to air shows and had he was friends with Chuck Yeager and stuff like that. So he was quiet and humble and. Uh, yeah, I miss him. <laughs> was he in the military? Is that where he learned how to, to fly, or was that just like a hobby? Funny thing, he uh, was colorblind, so he tried to. He wanted to be a fighter pilot more than anything, and so he tried to cheat on the test. He tried to go to Canada, uh, so he ends up in in the uh, army in the civ- uh, combat civil engineering, I believe it was, and uh, spent his time in Germany. And, and this was in the fifties, or it was. During the Korean War, I believe. Okay, which uh, added to his his character and his all of the, you know, gave him structure. But he didn't learn how to fly in the military. No, it, he was uh, he learned afterwards when he I guess had is it was just a passion of his. So he pursued it. He became I think he was partners in an old warbird, and then he got a bonanza. We flew on family trips everywhere and I threw up and (laughs) (laughs) got over my air sickness early. So when you were growing up, did you assume that you would be part of the business? I did not. um, Cause that's, uh, well, my brother wanted to, to, to be that, that guy. And I, I was, went off to the air force and well, I, first I went to, forestry. I got my master's in forestry and did a little bit of that and started a tree farm. And then I, I, I knew my dad told me that air national guard was the best kept secret in the military. He'd heard from one of his general buddies. So I pursued that while I was in uh, grad school took me, it was right when top gun came out. So everybody wanted to be a fighter pilot. And uh, so I, you know, applied all over the Midwest to fighter units and eventually got an interview and uh, got hired. So then I went off to pilot training and between the guard and active duty, I did 20 years and retired in 07 and see my dad got sick around uh, 06. And I I was flying the corporate aircraft for him and attending meetings with him. So I started to learn more about uh, the car business. I had 
you know, when I was in right after college, I sold cars and, you know, during college and before I, you know, drive the parts truck or, you know, work in dealerships. So what is it like to fly an F-16? It's, uh, it's amazing. It's, um, I, I kind of had to pinch myself. Like, I can't believe they letting me fly this $20 million airplane <laughs> with live weapons. So it was, uh, a, it was a, just a great experience. Uh, I got so much back from it that I would do it all over again. And so, and you grew up going to places in your dad's plane. I mean, so you had a lot of aviation in your bones, I'm guessing. But yes. then you, you bring up Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a revelation of some kind? Like, oh, wow, I maybe I need to do this. Oh, no, I already had the bug before that. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'd heard, uh, it, well, in my, you know, I've been to air shows with my dad and I, wow, this is all amazing stuff. But I, I didn't even get my private pilot's license till I think after grad school, uh, or no, it was before grad school, but undergrad anyway. And, uh, so I, I had to get in to air force pilot training before I was 27 and a half at the time. I think they've raised it since, but, but no, it was just something I always knew I was going to do. I just didn't know when, cause I was too mm-hmm. busy with, uh, school. So. I understand if you, if you can't answer the question, <laughs> were you ever in like, in like a combat situation? I have combat time, but, uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever, um, dropped bombs or shot anybody in anger that I know of. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I may okay. have been shot at, but, <laughs> uh, d- I mean, did you feel like you found your calling? I mean, you were in there for 20 years. Yeah. I was just, um, in the right place at the right time for a lot of my jobs. I, was already stationed at Nellis when they needed a uh, somebody at the Thunderbirds, and I, I had been applying year after year, and and uh, just lucked into it and had the right qualifications. And so, explain what the Thunderbirds are: United States Air Force Air Demonstration Team Squadron. So the the red, white, and blue jets that you see at air shows that fly in formation. And and the, did you fly those, or were you? Otherwise, I was already an F-16 pilot. I did fly them. I did not fly in the demonstration because I was on the ground doing the narration. But so I was the advanced pilot and the narrator. So I'd go out a day before the team went uh, with my crew chief and we'd have meetings and set up everything for the air show and uh, wait for the team to arrive and then brief them on what's going to happen and where you're going to stay tonight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but most of my career was uh, just as a a, a line uh, combat ready F sixteen pilot. Okay, and as we said, your dad was a pilot. Was he pretty geeked out that you were? Oh, <laughs> a fighter pilot. He was uh, living vicariously through me. Yeah, I, we're, he I, I, I should, to talk about flying. I should explain that we're we're uh, in, a, in a conference room here at, at the Tom Wood headquarters in Indianapolis, and there are pictures of him and you, and he's got his own flight suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that says Tom Wood. Yep, that's pretty cool. So you got out in, and when, when did you say? I was done in '07. I, I think my official date might have been '08, but. And then, yeah, so your dad was di- for initially diagnosed with was it lung cancer? Yes, in 2006. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just kind of a coincidence that your the end of your tenure in the military finished up at about that time. But kind of what was the plan? Then, as far as coming back to Indianapolis and being part of the family company, I came back. I I started. Well, I, I'd been back in town. I was flying over Terre Haute and flying for the company, 
And then as my father got sick, his disease progressed. I didn't know, you know, it was his company. I didn't, I didn't want to tell him what to do or I, I just, it was almost like a deathbed decision that Jeff, you're going to run this. And I guess I said, okay. He told you that? Uh, yeah. Wow. And, and you were like, okay. Yeah. It was stressful, you know, take, taking on a, a relatively large company and stepping into some very big shoes. Yeah. What was that first year like? Uh, it was uh, just super stressful. And, and I, you know, I didn't know all the players and what was what, and I didn't know the industry very well. So it, it was a, a fire hose, if you will. Was there anything that you had picked up uh, in the Air Force that might be transferable to this? Or were you really kind of starting with a new, just a clean slate? Uh, on the, just the, the nuts and bolts of the auto industry, it didn't help me, but, but with organizational skills and people skills and, you know, accountability and, and leadership, those are the kind of things that, that I think I brought to the table uh, that helped me in this job. Is, is being the leader in the military different from being the leader of a multifaceted <laughs> family company with, with hundreds of employees? It, it is. It's uh, you when you're used to uh, telling people what to do and it gets done. Is it, you, now you got to kind of ask people to do <laughs> things and be a little. Uh, you're just used in the military. You're everybody's working together. It, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take or it, we're just going to get this done. So <laughs> it's, it's a little different in the civilian world. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine at some point somebody says, well, I would like to go home. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's 10 o'clock at night. I would like to go home. Yeah. So let's do a, a survey of Tom Wood automotive. So we can give everybody a sense of the scope of, of the company. Cause it's a, it's a lot of stuff. So there are dealerships where I could go buy uh, mainly a new car, but there's also a used car yes. component as well. How many dealerships are there? Uh, we have 13 rooftops, uh, 13 dealerships in three states. And uh, But I call it the Tom Wood Group. The sign out front says Tom Wood Group. So we're known for our uh, you know, Tom Wood Automotive, but we have power sports dealerships. We have insurance. We have a finance company, a leasing company, a rental car franchise, a mobile service company, uh, a, a myriad, a, a small, I like to say they're, they're all related in some way, but, um, we're fairly diverse. So the dealerships sell a pretty wide range of cars. I see Audis, Jaguars, Land Rovers, Fords, Hondas, Lexuses. Is that the correct plural? <laughs> Lexuses, <laughs> Nissans, Subarus, Porsches, Toyotas, Volkswagens, Acuras, and Volvos. Correct. Okay. There's so many sort of adjacent kinds of businesses. Tomwood Collision Center. Yes. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, that, right. seems, that seems like a natural fit. But you mentioned the Tomwood Outdoor Equipment? Yes. And then what is that? We have a store in Martinsville where we sell tractors. We have Mahindra and uh, Mahindra Tractors, Massey Ferguson, Lawnmowers, Chainsaws, you name it. Uh, Tomwood Power Sports. So we have... Uh, Several uh, multi-brand branded uh, power sports dealerships, so motorcycles, ATVs, side by sides, lots of fun stuff. Tom Wood used cars of Greenwood. That sounds pretty explanatory. Yeah. Tom Wood Aviation. 
What is that? Tombow Aviation um, is something I started, uh, I think, around 2011. It, uh, we moved our, our corporate hangar uh, to Indianapolis Metropolitan down the street here, which is like 10 minutes from the office. And the opportunity came to buy the fixed base operation there. And it seemed to me like, well, not only do I love airplanes, uh, it seemed like a natural fit to to, to grow that business because we already are, are kind of in it in, in a way with our uh, corporate aviation and, and my father's collection of Warbirds. How many did he have? Warbirds, uh, three. Okay. Do you still have them? Yes. Actually, wow. actually four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you said uh, the, the fixed operations, I think you said? Fixed base fixed operations. Base. What does that mean? It's... it's uh, Jargon FBO is it's a place we uh, we have a flight school. We sell fuel. We fix planes. We sell planes. Um, so most everything aviation related. We have a charter business, mm-hmm. and there's more. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, SIXT. Does that, does that say six? Six. Okay. Yep. Rental car company. Yes. Okay. Big O tires. Big O tires. Okay. Uh, quality equipment finance. Correct. What is that? It's yeah, it's our leasing company. It's uh, it's a big part of what we do. Uh, but it's a separate company that my father bought. It it was founded in, I think, nineteen fifty seven. So ten mm-hmm. years before Tom Wood, and it's a lot of over the road trucks and uh, anything with a serial number. So it could be lasers or a cryo machine or yeah. Wow. Okay. Premier acceptance. Premier Acceptance is our finance company for the auto, um, like not just Tom Wood, but you know, independent auto dealers use us. Okay, uh, Integrity Insurance Agency. Yes, a multi-line insurance agency for property and casualty, you know, homeowners that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and Spiffy Mobile Car Care. <laughs> We uh, recently bought a Spiffy franchise, and it, their technology is amazing. Um, but uh, it, it, it's we think it it it'll give us. We think mobile service is coming, and they have somehow figured it out. So we want to learn their systems and um, yeah, learn how to make it profitable. So I, I would so we, so I would you call them to wash do your what? car in their driveway. Oh, okay. Say. So- and I need my car detailed, book, but I want you to come here. Yep, and book it through through an app. Okay, wow. Okay, so just speaking for me, I am super risk adverse, and I'd be like, "Wow, we've got all these dealerships. Let's just do dealerships. Let's let's just keep this focus." People tell here. me that all the time, <laughs> <laughs> and you are super diversified. Um, first, I mean, how much of that w- was your dad? Um, he was pretty auto focused. Yeah. So uh, most of those. Uh, ones that you just mentioned uh, were my ideas or my, uh, some of it's just from like, I think motorcycles are fun. And so uh, how do we, and I, and I think like that industry is maybe 20, 10 or 20 years behind the car industry. So if we can bring it up to date, then, you know, we have a good shot of making something out of this. Okay. So what what is the advantage? What's the business advantage of being so diversified? Even though you're, I mean, one way or another, you have a tendril of one foot in the auto business, maybe. But, uh, but I mean, that's a lot to, to it, keep track of. It is. And it's 
a lot of it's my interest, but I'll, and and in my maybe flawed thinking that hey, rental cars is a great idea. You know, we can sell the cars to ourselves, we can buy them back, we can, you know, it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, we opened a couple of car dealerships that didn't work out, but you know, you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. Our company is a little bit diversified, and one of the we use that when I mean our company, the IBJ. I mean, we have a couple of things that we use as a hedge against periods in the economy that don't really favor newspapers. Are you set up in a similar way? Like, you know that if, well, if this particular part of the company isn't doing well, we know this other one will. Does that make sense at all? It does. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't know 100% that, that that plan will work. But, <laughs> but I, I, I think that as long as we are willing to evolve and, uh, you know, adopt mm -hmm. technology and, and just be smart about what we do and I, I think we'll continue to grow and and we my dad went through the you know 0809 and that was a tough time in the car business and hopefully we've not gotten fat you know when times are good and and have remembered those lessons of the the leaner times okay how many employees then are there total uh, 1,072. How many new and used cars would you sell in a year? And I know it changes from year to year. This year was, uh, or 2022 was down a bit, but we were, uh, over 16,000. Okay. Let's talk about the, the, the car sales industry. So the reports that we're getting now say U S new car sales in 2022 total were in the neighborhood of about 13.8 million, which is about 8%, 9% less Correct. than the previous year. And was, was the lowest level since 2011 when sales were recovering from the Great Recession. Um, the most recent high was 17.6 million in 2016. I explain uh, to somebody like me who really doesn't follow cars, why was last year a tough year? I think it was totally supply chain. Mm -hmm. On the new car side, it's just, it's, things were, the cars were waiting for chips and they couldn't be delivered or, it's, it's just supply chain. Right. And those are the computer chips that like run the electronics. Yeah. The computer so sure brain. Thousands of Fords parked in a field somewhere that are waiting for chips. So. Wow. And that was it. They just, they, they couldn't get enough product to the dealerships. Correct. So you, you could sell what you had. Yes. But there just wasn't much. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. A lot of pent up demand right now for new cars. Okay. And, which drove up the price of used cars. So. It's crazy times right now in the car business. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you offset, if you can, the slowdown in sales? Though you just mentioned one thing, used cars would, would go up. In yeah, we focus on used cars and, and uh, what we call fixed operations. So our service business is super important when our volume in sales is down. So yeah, parts mm -hmm. and service. How, how do you emphasize service? Because you can't like you can't go around in parking lots and... and beat up people's hubcaps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you make that a bigger part? Uh, we actually do some, some advertising, um, television, radio, whatever, but I think it's just, it, they call, they call it units and operations. So, you know, for each brand, we have so many cars running around Indianapolis that we know, like, you know, a couple thousand Volkswagens or whatever. And we just focus on marketing to them. And mm -hmm. most people will, uh, at least during their warranty period, bring their vehicle back to us as long as we treat them treat them well. Gotcha. So it's it's a, an advertising spend. 
I mean, essentially, or just trying to get the message out better. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you need to laugh anybody last year or did you, were you able to keep people in house? Oh, we kept people. You kept people. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen in this year? I don't have a crystal ball, but um, I I think it's going to be a good year. I think inventory is going to come back. We'll have more cars to sell. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm optimistic. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ Podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm, with more than 800 attorneys in eight primary Midwest markets and the District of Columbia, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com. All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast and my conversation with Jeff Wood of the Tom Wood Automotive Group. At this point, what do you feel like your legacy over the last 12 years has been? How has, how has the company changed or what, what do you think your biggest contribution has been? People, you surround yourself with good people and build your team and kind of, you know, that's what I wanted to do is just make it my own. You know, my dad was, did a great job and had his team. And, you know, now I feel like it's, it's my team and, and our, we have our, you know, vision and core values and all that stuff in place that uh, I, we're in a really good spot, but it's, it's, you know, 12 years and I still, I'm still learning. Yeah, for sure. How has the central Indiana car sales environment changed in those last 12 years? Well, most recently, some of the, well, the public Asbury group is a public car dealership group. Um, They've come to town and they bought up several of the, you know, the Tom Woods or whoever that were around and, and the Penske has been here for a while, but it's, uh, it's, you know, trending away from the family-owned dealership mm-hmm. to some degree. When you, when you say they, they bought up the Tom Woods, you mean other family dealerships? Did, yes, did, did not, you, not 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 us. You didn't but, sell any dealerships. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but Terry Lee and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just to name one. But um, yeah, several uh, Butler Toyota. So how does that change what you do, if at all? I think it gives us an advantage because we're. We're local. We, uh, you know, we're we're not corporate. We 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 don't have three hundred stores, so we're real and we can communicate with. I think the locals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Your dad used to be on TV. Yes. Have you ever been on TV? Uh, like, like an on an ad saying, yeah, "Hey, I'm, we, t- I'm Jeff Wood. Come buy a car." One or two. Okay. Not your thing. Not usually, no. <laughs> but, sure. I have, but I have done it. I'm sure, but, and mostly for like for a charity or something like that. Okay, because I'm sure you. I mean, your advertising agency every few years is like, you know, we're trying to, we want to mix it up a little bit. Do you want to be in an ad? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because you know, I mean, because you mentioned you know the uh, the power of being local. I mean, a lot of 
that car dealerships take advantage of that and their their owner or whoever's name is on the thing is front and center uh right. and just letting you know that you know they're they're there and they're happy as heck to sell you a car but you have a different not my philosophy. thing no it's not it's not about me gotcha so you were 59 59 have you thought about succession i have i have um Right now, I have two boys working in the at, at our Toyota store in Whitestown. You know, I don't. I, I think they've they're growing to to kind of like the business, and uh, who knows? I, I, yeah, I've got a yeah, I've got a six year old too, so I, I've got uh, <laughs> some options, I guess. Wow. But I, I hope they. Uh, it's it's a great business to be in. It's a great family legacy. Um, I think we're blessed to have survived, you know, most, I forgot what the stats are, but, you know, surviving to the second generation is like a miracle. And then to the third would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you have the, the two boys working, uh, in Weistown, but you haven't had any like, like serious conversations with them about, you know, I want you two guys to be the co-presidents of the company in five years or whatever. I, I don't want to pressure them, uh, cause like my dad didn't pressure me. So I think, uh, I want it to be their idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, what kind of car do you drive? Um, I just got a Ford Lightning electric truck, so I'm excited about that. That's cool. And do you have a plane? I do. And do you you have your dad's planes? Yes. And the, what plane would you consider your own? Several? All of them? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's something that I, you, you bought for yourself. Uh, I have a, a little Citation Mustang. Um Cessna. Okay. How often do you fly? I fly uh, probably almost weekly. Where do you go? Uh, business trips mostly. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And and you need to travel weekly for business. Um, close to yeah. That's you're, incredible. Um, you know, you're supposed to use Zoom for that now. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> right. And I like to fly. Yeah. Well, that's great. That sounds like a great life. My thanks again to Jeff Wood. Folks, before you get on with the rest of your week, there are a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ I'd like to draw to your attention. First up, Dr. Siva Nalabatu opened the first vet check clinic in 2018 in Fishers with the novel approach of using an urgent care model for pets. Daniel Bradley reports that that check already is expanding nationwide with a franchising model. Also in this week's issue, Peter Blanchard reports that an Indiana House member is reviving an effort to make changes to the business personal property tax that would give some small business owners a windfall while reducing local government revenue. And John Russell details an effort by a group of physicians and business leaders to create a new medical school in Indiana with a focus on global health. Now, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at IBJ.com. I will say it is easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business community and economy if you're a subscriber. And here's a new development. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. And now works out to about $3 per week. 
for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana's story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. Just go to ibj.com and click on the subscribe button. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week. Thank you.